Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. He's the current COO of BetMGM. Uh, before that, he was the Senior Vice President of Digital and Social at ESPN. He's been a venture capitalist. He's been with eBay. And he is a Duke Swimming alum. Today, we are talking to Ryan Spoon. Hello. Excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> big uh fan and, and uh subscriber and supporter to uh what you do so th- thank you for all you're doing swimming absolutely and thank you f- thank you for being here and joining us today i'm i'm excited to get your perspective because you're a swimmer you understand our sport you've got chlorine in your blood but you also uh bring a different perspective you know you're with BetMGM now you were with espn before you know what audience engagement and the media perspective looks like. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about today. Um, I mean, first of all, we've seen in a general sense, we've seen swimming grow in the last couple of decades, obviously with athletes like Michael Phelps, Kate Ledecky, Simone Manuel, and now Caleb Dressel, um, you know, they're, they're bringing, they're bringing eyes to the sport and some new eyes, especially with this being an Olympic year. Um, but we also seen yeah, the, the development, the start of, of the International Swimming League and uh, them getting creative with our sport, bringing some nuances into it and trying to get fan engagement um, from elsewhere, right, from, from new viewers. From your perspective, just from the media side, um, from what you've seen with ISL and from what, how you've seen swimming grow in the last 20 years, how would you how would you grow swimming? How would you start to engage the swimming audience in a new way uh, so that they they come and they stay and maybe even some new viewers come as well? So I think it's a tremendously exciting time as a if you are a swimmer, um, if you're a swimming fan. Uh, and th- that's true every four years in an Olympic space anyways. But if you think about where we are today, there's a bunch of interesting things converging, which make, um, which makes swimming a great spectacle, a great, uh, spectator sport. Uh, think about where we are right now. Uh, so we've had, and I think live right now, but over the last several days, a bunch of conference championships. Um, and I think, uh, I don't want to misspeak. You'd know better than me, but I think the PAC 12 is going on right now. Um, you can stream, all of most all of that right um and follow along you can read the analysis on your side and follow along um you have great great upstart like isl who is putting a different twist um with really high production value different kind of presentation both visually but also athletically with some of the different uh um ways that they have organized the meets and the times it's fantastic. You have an upcoming Olympics. And I think also important, you have an emerging platform for the athletes to drive audience and um, enthusiasm and also business around whether you call it, you know, in other terms, what, what might be called the creator economy or, or whatever, uh, whatever that would be. So someone like Caleb Dressel, who and you know, I have three young kids in the house, two are really passionate swimmers who follow him on social and follow his workouts on YouTube. It is a fascinating time for that. Um, and so I think there's an ability for people to elevate themselves as stars, for the sport to elevate itself 
uh, as a, um, uh, from a viewing standpoint. And for people like me who can't watch enough, whether you move between ESPN or ESPN plus or, or the Olympic channel or swim swam or ISL, like I can access more today as a viewer than, um, I ever could before. And that's before you get into, you know, the most fun two weeks of every four years. Um, now related to that, I think there's something inherently really special about swimming and track and certain sports, which is, it is perfectly measured. And I say this about, uh, about, uh, swimming all the time. Uh, and it's, it's obvious for those who do swim, but to this date, I could tell you what I swam in college or, or uh, at what point my times were. I could tell you my children's times. And you know exactly how good we are or aren't. It's perfectly <laughs> measured. Um, and that brings with it the ability to add some really interesting visuals. Um, some, And again, credit to the ISL, credit to the Olympic presentations. You know, if you think about something like football, the first, uh, the first down line uh, is iconic. Well, the world record line is also uh, iconic uh, in how you watch Phelps over the years pass and monitor and dressel. It's um, you can do things with the way the sport works that you can't do in other sports. At the same time, it's complicated because um, as any swimmer knows, you don't go best times every week. And so saying that for a average weekend in the ISL or at a championship, the world record line actually could be counterproductive um, or someone's best time could be counterproductive um, because that's not something that happens uh, inside season, inside training and all those mechanics. And that's where I think kind of the innovations that folks like the international swim league ISL are doing are really potentially profoundly important. Like how do you reinvent uh, I, I forget the name of what they call kind of that finale piece as the, as the number of swimmers uh, uh, decreases, um, kind of the shootout, if you will. Um, oh, uh, the skins races. The skins yeah. race, sorry. Uh, it's great to view. It just works on TV. It works on video really well. And they've said, look, if we're not going to have a world record or best time on every swim, what's the other way we can present this? and add something that makes a day in day out event really special because one of the great things about swimming track and these other sports, it's very evident success, right? Like you just know who wins. Um, and again, it's perfectly measured. Uh, and so I think it's a fantastic time across everyone, across uh, the league or the organizer, across the athlete who can now be a bigger uh, name, make a uh, uh, backing in different ways uh, build their own audience uh, across the fan as a swimmer, in your case, as a publisher. Uh, I think you have access to a bunch of different pieces of video, of insight uh, to the different swimmers that would have been really hard to do 10 years ago, would have been hard to do five, six years ago. Yeah, that that you brought up a number of great points. And the first one I want to hit on is that you mentioned, you know, swimming as we all have been brought up to know from my perspective is that uh, you don't go best times every week. Right. And I'm sure that's, that's how it was when you swam. And I think we've seen, we've seen this, the start of a paradigm shift in that regard, um, especially with meet 
uh, clusters like the World Cup, like ISL, where people shave and taper for for every single meet. And it started because because they're getting paid, right? Because they're making money. But then now with the ISL and, and the huge and the broadcast it has and the reach it has, you know, they're, they're incentivized to go best times for the points. And yeah. uh, and so from your perspective, especially like you said, you've got three kids, too, who are avid swimmers. Just as a swimming fan, w- would would that be something that would interest you to kind of see that paradigm shift where instead of focusing on on one or two big meets per year, you could have at the focus be trying to go best times on a week to week basis. So I would shift the question and the answer slightly and say, I, I think the important thing is to figure out how the definition of success or in, in excitement from a viewer is not exclusively tied to a best time. Right. Um, so if you can make it, and again, I give a ton of credit to the ISL and, and the skins concept. If you can make it where there are other ways to drive that engagement. Think about, think about, I think one of the great weekends of the sports year is the NBA all-star weekend. Um, and the way that they have taken different skill sets, by the way, not different. Like I was a breaststroker. I was I was pretty good at breaststroke. I was terrible at everything else. Well, they've taken a, something similar where the shooter has a role and the, uh, the point guard and the big man. And um, I think there's an interesting way to, to figure out how the presentation drives the excitement and the engagement. At the same time, the best thing for the sport over time is to, is the growth of um, sustained excitement around the sport. Um, and I think it's important over time that that growth, I think has to come outside of just a week of the year or one major meet. Um, again, that's, that's complicated in a sport, in an Olympic sport, because that fourth year is so important. And so, um, and obviously if you are the athlete, that's really what you're driving towards if you're at that echelon. Um, but it is important and why I think if you think about what makes the NFL great, uh, and fantasy and those kind of things is it's a 17 week schedule and it has a rhythm to it. And then the playoffs or, or March madness, which we're about to hit towards. Right. Uh, and I think a lot about, and I thought a lot about this at, at uh, at ESPN day in, day out. And I do in a different way at BetMGM, the rhythm of the sports calendar, uh, the rhythm of a sports fan. And there is an importance when you're driving uh, engagement, when you're trying to drive excitement, if you are a fan and you want to be excited, repetition, repeatable, uh, uh, predictable rhythm and repetition matter a lot. And it's really... Uh, look, it's really hard to drive that when um, there's one or two meets a year. And so I think that for all of us as sports, as swim fans, you got to figure out how um, there is more than, you know, for me, that's probably in an average year um, NCAA champs, which is super to watch. uh, The 
camaraderie, the team, the times, uh, right? Like um, it, it's fabulous, uh, even though it's often non-standard times. So back to times, they're not necessarily the driver there. Obviously, you see Caleb Dressel throw a time at Florida, and you're like, okay, there, there's times. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, but that's not necessarily what makes that event so special. And then it's an off years, Pan Am, Pan Pat, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, what moves me about what ISL is doing is they've said, look, we're going to give it the same kind of production quality as an NBA game or a really high-end produced game and condense it into something that's very viewable, uh, whether that's an hour, two hours, two days a week, um, and drives, again, the rhythm of a season around it. Uh, and I think for those kind of things to succeed, just because of the reality of how the sport works, no different than track or others, you're not going to see world records every week. Um, maybe, maybe you will in the early going as new formats, but you're not going to, that can't be the hook over time. It has to be the team, the season, the points, the new format. And I think we've, we've seen ISL have success with that in just in terms of generating excitement, right? Everyone who sees ISL loves it. I, I, for, for what it is, right. I think, I think on the financial side, maybe people are skeptical about if it's sustainable or what it's going to look like in the future, but for, for what it's given us for the first two seasons, any swim fan who watches ISL is like, this is awesome. I love it. Yeah. And so, in an Olympic space, you know, maybe from a USA swimming perspective, if you can't be it, you know, if you're not ISL, do you, again, as, as just Ryan, the swim nerd, do you have ideas for, for just theoretically, you know, what, how could we, how could we gamify this more? How could we make it more enticing to where every, every year we're not just it's not just one pro swim a month leading up to world championships or these Olympics, you know, how, how do we, how do we make it more fun and exciting? So I, so so move out the competition for a second. And I do think, and this is true always. um, I I do think there are so many potential stars and, and, and there are stars in the swimming world, but I would, I would wrap my arms around that as a concept, as the sport of swimming and get excited about those stars and encourage that in different formats. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you follow Michael Andrew, it's, he's great on social and that is a potential lever to be something broader. Caleb Dressel, like there are big names that I think there should be comfort in growing together um, and in doing things that, maybe aren't as significantly organized. Uh, uh, And I think we've seen in other sports that the growth of individuals can lead to the growth of the broader or greater kind of community. Um, And I think there is benefit in being really welcoming to that concept. Um, And I think with every passing, like there's never been a better time to be a personality in these, in any, in any perspective, whether it's an athlete, an artist, uh, um, a creator, whatever that might be, tomorrow will be the most exciting day to be that and each day passing. Um, 
And that should be encouraged in this case, uh, because I think that's how you drive new fans, right? Like people like me are going to follow anyways. I'm, I'm in. Uh, I spend my, I used to spend, you know, my hours in a pool to start the day and end the day. And now I spend my hours, um, uh, you know, dropping my kids off. Uh, so I'm already in it's how do you convert uh, my children how do you convert their friends the non-swimmers the light touch swimmers the sports fan into something like this we know it's capable of doing that because it happens every four years and it's a mixture of the sport just works beautifully on tv whether you're a fan or not no different than track no different than certain events Um, I do think we are always blessed with just great names and stars and personalities um, and you know, this is your business. Then you got to get into the storytelling of it. Um, and the storytelling can't just be the times because, um, the reality is for the very best in the world, you know, the goal is to go your best time uh, is to peak in four years. And that alone is tough. If you're just trying to measure as a, as a publisher property every four years on the pure kind of gamification side, how do you make it, um, uh, um, uh, gamey uh for instance like fantasy did to uh did within football or baseball um and i think baseball is a really good example because it it is such a nicely quantified sport um again i think there are and i think you guys have run different leagues and so forth golf has done a really good job here i think there are ways to think about that um again you're probably in those cases speaking to the uber fan already so it's not necessarily audience expanding audience building it's audience um it's for that user kind of a engagement a depth factor um but on the telecast side and the event format side well that might not work for a major event a u.s open a pan am a uh, senior nationals um it does work in a in an isl type format where all right now how do we turn a dual meet into something that's team oriented how do we turn a dual meet into something uh, that's point-based. How do you make Adam Peaty, who is the greatest to ever do breaststroke, and then the next 25 times after that, how do you make him as impactful in a meet, knowing he's really one uh, um, stroke? What? How can you twist it so that he's as impactful as a multi-stroke person or a distance swimmer who you know the meet might not weigh towards a distance event for other reasons? How do you make him or her as valuable to that experience. And again, I, I think the ISL is figuring it out, um, but that's where I think gamification plays a big role. How do you elevate the stars and how do you make sure that their impact is kind of quantified and understandable without necessarily having to set a world record or an American record with each swim? That's just not going to happen. Yeah. That is, uh, unfortunately, I have to admit that that's correct. <laughs> We're not going to see. It's, world a, it's a, yeah. I mean, those are those are the those are the fifty point games, and that, like those are the one. Those are the they're going to happen. They're going to be great, and they're going to turn into the hits that are watched and rewatched. But you still need to figure out how the highlight reel of the thirty point game, which is a feat in, in and of itself, or the ten block game, right? Like those need to be captured and celebrated. And, just like a 50 point game. Absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, you were, as I said before, you were the, 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 the senior vice president, digital and social at ESPN. I'm, I'm wondering if you saw these things 
you know, weave and change during your time there. And if you could give us some examples of, of sports outside of swimming, you know, kind of how they were able to grow and retain audiences already being, you know, football, baseball, basketball, already being such huge juggernauts in our country. Um, you know, is, is that something you thought about of, all right, we're, we're, we're huge, but still, how can, how can we keep growing? How can we keep growing? Yeah, I think, I think every, for all of them, we thought a lot about, um, how do you drive fandom? Uh, because the sustained, the sustained success and growth of sports or a sport is rooted in interest and excitement and fandom. Uh, and now in, in ESPN's case, who benefits most from a broad set of fans, uh, ESPN, but the league's the same. And they are all thinking about the same thing. Just like you wake up and think about how do I balance in a day to, in, a, in a daily basis reach more fans of swimming or the athletes and drive greater uh, um, usage and excitement around the people like me who are already coming. Uh, and so that was a, a lever, you know, we thought about that and, and you'll, you'd hear ESPN and their kind of priorities talk about uh, audience expansion. Uh, and that means how do you reach new audiences? Uh, now I'm a firm believer that a lot of that means you have to be in different platforms, different places, um, you need to be and reach them where they are. Um, and, um, some of those will be on your site. Some of those will open your magazine. Some of those will follow on social or YouTube or iTunes in this case. Um, there's lots of different, uh, um, examples there. And I think this is something that everyone in sports and sports media thinks about. Um, there's other examples outside of an NFL and NBA, like MMA is a great example uh, where uh, that is a huge, huge brand with UFC. Um, it is uniquely formatted, right? It, it has under the umbrella, it has rhythm, but the day-to-day -day team or player or in that case fighter does not have the same rhythm that you know to come or know that you can replicate with a, if you're a fan of the Yankees, well, you know, they're going to play a hundred and times and it's going to be five times a week and so on. Um, that's just different here. Um, but they are so great at elevating uh, the personalities and the fighters um, at driving excitement around each event, each fight, each match. Um, and I think that's a good proxy. Um I would say within soccer, you have similar examples as well. There's a lot of player movement. There's a lot of uh, uh, league movement, um, different formats. Um, and they've done a collectively with a bunch of, again, leagues and organizations figured out like MLS has had a great, great a few years. Um, and they figured out how to elevate um, the season, the team, the player, uh, and so forth. So, so there are examples of non NFL who, right. Like football's King, uh, but uh, of folks who have figured out how to really drive sustained growth, both, you know, in reaching new audiences, but going deep within audiences. And there's, again, I've said this a few times, there's never been a better time to do that. Uh, there are more avenues to be, to exist. Now you, it's hard to do that. And, uh, it takes time and effort and, uh, 
but that's true not just as the team, the sport, the but also the talent, the player, the the swimmer, the golfer. Uh, PJ is a great example, right? Uh, Did, on that note, do you feel like this this COVID year? You know, we're rolling into month twelve of uh, of this of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Do you feel like that has been an optimal time to grow sports fandom because everyone's stuck inside and kind of has no choice. Um, I mean, I, uh, no, I think in high, none of us would have wanted to grow fandom this way. Um, I, I do think it, it presents different challenges to different, to, to different areas, um, or different sports, uh, and different levels of sport. And, you know, that's something, for instance, as someone who, as a parent of swimmers, um, has been a real struggle. Uh, the, just think about how pool time's complicated. Uh, and, you know, my kids are young. They're swimming at 8 to 9.30 at night, and they're 10 and 8. That's really late. Uh, that's the only time they can get pool time. So it's tough to complain. Uh, there's others who have no pool time and then there's others who, uh, and so I think about while there have never been a, a better time to, uh, be creative and to reach, you know, fans and so forth as the creator, unfortunately, um, for anyone in any sport, I think it's been so complicated to figure out how to, uh, particularly in a sport like swimming, that's so measured and, uh, even as we all know, a couple of weeks off is a setback. Um, and ESPN did a great piece. No, sorry. It was, uh, um, uh, I want to say SI did a piece, uh, on athletes, uh, and it highlighted some swimmers who were figuring out how to train and, you know, people building pools in their backyard. Uh, it, everyone's trying to figure it out. And it's been really, I can only imagine, uh, how complicated it's been, but, on the flip side, it's been really uh, encouraging and exciting to see the results coming in from NCAAs and, and what I'm sure will be amazing times thrown in, uh, 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 you know, in August. Um, but, you know, I would rather not have been sitting in the seat for 12 months. <laughs> well, you, you and me both. Uh, yeah. on, on, on a more personal note, just for you, um, if we we're talking about fandom, what drew you to swimming? You know, you, you, you swim at Duke, like you said, it's, it's in your blood. Now your kids are swim fans. Now you, you're a fan of the sports still. I mean, what, what do you like about swimming and, and what drew you and kept you? So to, to me, it's, um, I've said this in other factors and more how it relates to TV and viewership and so forth. But I think, uh, the fact that it is so measured is really just a great, it's great uh, because there's no way to be great or to improve without doing the work. Um, and with that, and I see this with, you know, again, with my children, but they're seeing the same thing that, you know, that, that any of us understand you put in work and, or you understand technique or you try harder, or you eat better, or hopefully all those things. And, and you know that um, effort in often relates to some sort of improvement. Uh, and the, 
And I think that's really gratifying and also kind of clarifying in some regards. Uh, whereas like I play a lot of golf. Is there, will I ever shoot a 60? No. Um, but you know, can on a given day, I, um, be well better than anything I've done. Yeah, that's attainable. Um, and, um, there's also days where, uh, you, you shoot 10 strokes higher than, uh, than your handicap. Um, that doesn't exist in swimming. Uh, and right. Like I, I, to this day, I can, I do masters meets every now and again, but you get out of the water and I know roughly what I went. Uh, and I used to be able to know pretty clearly what I went. Uh, and I think there's something really just great about that. Um, it's a great sport and there's other sports like that, but the ability to think about how you affect the outcome in a way that is really clearly defined is, is, uh, um, rewarding. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great perspective. And I think probably that's what draws a lot of people in is just the, like you said, it's, it's measured perfectly. Um, and that's, that is something I've never, I think that is the opportunity for, for the viewerships as well. Like, um, you'll never forget that, you know, anyone who's watched swimming will never forget the Michael Phelps, you know, butterfly touch the, there's nothing that is, uh, qualitative about, uh, watching, you know, success and you know, who won. And when you watch Caleb Dressel, um, you know, some 53 and win by a body length at NCAAs, you, you understand how significant that is. Um, whether you know anything about throwing a 17 or the time he went versus a 19, you just realize the scale of which that victory is. That's why the 100 meter dash, the 200, 400, the, that's, that's why I, I love, a, I'm a terrible runner, but I understand I have the same appreciation for things like that. Um, it's, it's just very clear as to who, the, what the win is. And that, that person didn't just, doesn't just drop a second in a 50 free. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, so that's something that, you know, is gradually tick by tick. You know, I spent my whole life trying to drop tenths of a second. It's kind of crazy in concept. <laughs> it is crazy once you think about it. Uh, but, <clears throat> but you're right. That is how the sport works. And there's certainly an aspect of beauty to that, that I think most, if not all swimmers can appreciate. Um, so to, to, to wrap up our conversation, um, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you, you are now the COO of bet MGM. So you're dealing with, with gamification, but obviously also with betting as well. Um, you know, have, have you, I'm curious if you have seen betting come into other sports or if you have experience with betting in other sports and what that, because, because behind we've talked about it before, but obviously, um, the ISL has mentioned it USOC and, and, and our sources at, at the IOC have talked about bringing betting to swimming. And, and it's something that's kind of, you know, been, been on, on the, been a whisper for a long time. And it's probably something that won't happen for a while, but it's on the horizon um, in one way or another. I'm curious to see, like, I'm curious to know what, what the benefits of betting from your perspective in sports can be. Um, so the benefit is it's, it's, it's similar to what I was, what I was referring to earlier, which is, um, whether you play fan, if you, we knew at, um, at ESPN with real clarity 
that the player who plays fantasy football watches and spends more time with football. Um, and um, by the way, I think this is relevant to sports cards now. I think, and, and the craze and the following around um, cards and the growth you're seeing there, which is um, if, if you are uh, very into uh, John Morant, you're following Memphis. If you're very into Wander Franco, you're following Tampa. Uh, and I think that has ties as well into the gaming side. Um, I keep coming back to the best thing for um, everyone around uh, sports, uh, a sport um, is sustained excitement, fandom engagement around the sport, uh, around the event, around players. Um, and there's lots of ways to impact that. Um, and again, I think some of that is through gamification around it. Some of it is through presentation and production. Some of it is through storytelling. Like you have as big a role here as, um, uh, the TV side is the athlete side. Uh, and I think all of it moves together and growing excitement around, uh, swimming is just great for swimming. It's great for the swimmers. It's great for the top tier athletes. It's then ultimately comes back and it's great for, if it's a league, if it comes back, it's great for the TV provider come right. And there are lots of examples of that. Again, I think UFC is a really good example of that. Um, uh, but, you know, again, I spent years previously in, in just different ways. I'm sure you and the team think about the same thing, which is, um, how do you reach new potential fans of swimming? Do they come in via swimming? Do they come in via a specific swimmer? Do they come in because they're tied to a team? Um, how do you reach them? Then how do you get them to spend more time? Um, and ultimately for you, become a subscriber, or become a YouTube subscriber, or get the mag, whatever that might be. Um, but you know that it's going to be hard to do those latter things if the person isn't engaged or shown interest in driving deeper engagement and to drive that deeper engagement. It's a mixture of things like um, how compelling is, are the stories? Uh, how compelling are the athletes? Uh, what can you do on the game side, whether that's fantasy or something else? What, what can you do on the, the different presentation side, right? There's a difference between watching a, four hour prelim and then a two hour uh, finals and saying, you know what? Like I saw, I saw some, some great highlights on Twitter and, and swim swam YouTube. Um, and I think you got to get comfortable. Everyone has to get comfortable saying I've, I've just satisfy all of those folks um, and hopefully move them up that chain. But if I only focus on the deepest conversion, deepest engaged, uh, fan, guess what? You're going to be talking to people like me who you already talked to. Um, and, and you gotta, you gotta figure out how you find, uh, the much, you know, the top of the funnel, the bigger audience there. I, <clears throat> I love that answer. And Ryan, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with a bit. I, I think that's a great ending point, but before we sign off today, uh, <laughs> Sorry. I noticed the light got, was changing. No, it's we got some rare sun here. 
Still covered in snow. No, nice. Um, yeah, Ryan, before, before we sign off today, any parting thoughts you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, I, I think, first of all, keep up what you guys are doing. I'm such a fan and uh, as, as a fan, appreciative. Uh, I think it's important that you exist. I think it's important that you guys have a great team. I think it's important that you continue to grow. And then similarly, um, I think it's important that we all support the, you know, the athletes that we're excited about. Um, and uh, because I, I do think that a lot of the future for these Olympic sports uh, is important that they, the athletes, uh, and, and again, we're so lucky to have great athletes in, in swimming um, at all ages and so forth. Um, have meaningful followings and can and can grow their audience and that's a good thing for the sport it's a good thing for them personally and uh as a fan it's a good thing for us as well you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.